Welcome to the Sincerely Speaking Autism Podcast. I am Keishiana, your host, and I want to thank you for tuning in. If this is your first time, welcome. And if you're a returning listener, thank you, thank you, and thank you some more for your continued support. In today's episode, we are going to address a topic that is very near and dear to my heart, and that is the topic of being Black and autistic. So when I say this is near and dear to my heart, as many of you know, this podcast was originated because of my journey navigating the autism spectrum for my son, Sincere, who is now 20 years old, and as you can tell from the podcast cover, is African-American. Well, over the years, I've found myself through this journey constantly having the lingering thought in the back of my mind as to how would life be for him as an adult, but more so, how would life be for him as a Black autistic adult? In the present racial climate that we are seeing in 2020, it is hard for me as a parent to not have this immense fear, to not know how to teach my son how to be himself, but yet be safe in the community. It took a while for my son to even accept the fact that he was diagnosed with autism. I honestly tried to teach him and make him aware of his condition. And in the beginning, he was not opening to receiving it. I don't think he was fully processing it. Back in the fourth grade, we attempted to tell him what his condition was. So throughout the years, we continued to try to revisit the topic of him having autism. But a lot of times, that would upset him. So I had to kind of back off and just kind of take time and let him come into who he was and what he was dealing with all in his own comfort. For me, I was fortunate he saw a Power Rangers movie and this particular movie had introduced the Blue Power Ranger who had autism. This was when the lights turned on for him and he was able to digest and accept what he was dealing with it, dealing with, because he was able to familiarize himself with a known character that gave him some type of comfort. It took away the um, anxiety, so to speak, that he was having as to having a label of autism. So now that we had progressed to a stage of acceptance, now it was incumbent upon me to now teach him slowly, but definitely progressively, how to be autistic in the community while recognizing that he was still a Black man. And again, his neurological disorder kind of caused a boundary to getting to where we needed to be. It um, stopped me for a moment in teaching him what he needed to learn and also being able to process it and accept it. But with time and careful, you know, um, guidance, I was able to get him to somewhat of an understanding because on the one hand, we teach our children that when they're in the community, if they're in trouble, they're to take off a police officer or someone else to help them. But depending on their level of anxiety, if they're in the midst of a meltdown, it may look differently to the onlooker who is not aware that he has autism. So now I have to add on the added pieces to try to help him to understand that when he's in the community, if he's overwhelmed or if he's lost or if he needs help, to yes, seek out help, but to try to calm himself, try to pretty much push down some of his autistic characteristics to help him, to not let them hinder him so that he can get assistance. But what do I do 
when he's faced with a situation of um, um, being misidentified? What if, he, what if he's put in a situation where he's being misunderstood and the police are called? How is he supposed to respond then? Now, as a Black mother, we have all sat down and had to talk with our Black children as to how to carry themselves in the community, how to address the police, how to deal with them when we're in front of them until we can get to a safe place. But now I was placed with um, an additional piece, which was explaining to my autistic child how to be that same Black man, but now be Black and autistic. And trust me, it hasn't been an easy lesson to teach him, but it's been a necessary lesson because I don't want him to be out in the community and get hurt. And for me as a special needs mom, it kind of cripples him, so to speak, because it makes me where I don't want him out of my sight. He has to be with me. He has to be with a family member. He has to be with school staff, people who can be there to advocate for him and be able to be his voice and tell someone, be it a, um, you know, an onlooker, you know, um, a stranger, or even a police officer, what he is dealing with. But as parents, we have to deal with the reality that sometimes those best case scenarios are not going to happen. So we need to be able to help them to be able to understand how to get back home safe, or at least how to be safe until a family member or someone of safety can be there to help intercede on their behalf. So what I had to learn to teach my son was to um, find videos or things that he could relate to. And for me, it was a recent movie called The Hate You Give. I took him, I took my daughter, and a lot of parents are taking their kids for the same reason of being able to get the understanding about, about being in the community and being able to be safe while being Black. But now, after the movie, we had to sit him down to make sure that he fully understood the scope of how dangerous it could be if some of his characteristics from his autism came about. And what I mean by characteristics is, for my son with his autism, when he has high anxiety levels, when he's angry, when he's confused, when he's frustrated, he begins to pace, he begins to curse, he, he becomes very dismissive, he'll walk away. All the things that would engage law enforcement or any other onlookers to think that something was going on. So then I had to put myself in a situation to basically bring this to him in a childlike, childlike way so that he could understand what we needed him to receive. So this movie helped us deliver the message. Because when he saw it, he immediately after the movie said, you know, I would never be disrespectful to the cops. I would never do this. I would never do that. So that gave me a platform to look at him, sit him down and ask him, what would you do in these situations? So I gave him these different scenarios and I explained to him. And, you know, some of his responses were responses that I wish he would not have had. But again, it was a learning tool. So we were able to sit him down and explain to him the best way to respond, how to keep his hands in plain sight, how not to walk away, how not to curse, how not to mumble, how to do the best he could to keep himself together until he was able to get to a safe place. We, you know, implored upon him never to turn his back, never to run away, to 
try to verbalize his needs as much as possible. And if he could not do any of those things, just to ask for his mother, ask to call a family member, and to continually ask to be able to call someone and then get him the help. Because he has such a a difficult time with acknowledging that he has autism, I don't know if when he's in a heightened state that he will remember to tell someone. But we do teach him to say so. So with that being said, I just want to speak to the parents. And first, I want to speak to the mothers because I feel like as mothers, we hold a lot of feelings inside, fears and anxieties. But what I want to let you know is that it's okay. You're not alone. I've had the same thoughts. I know other mothers who had these same thoughts. But what I want to tell you is they're real. It's okay. Don't ignore them. Prepare. And how you prepare is constantly making your children visible when the disability makes them invisible. What I mean by that is that a lot of times we keep our kids with ourselves and we keep them under lock and key trying to protect them, but we're actually hindering them. So instead, do your best to keep them in the community so that the community knows who your child is, so they're aware of who they are. Try to engage yourself in different autism awareness events so that there can be a face put along with the name of your child so that they understand that this is someone's child and he or she may have autism. Because those little key things of the community being able to put a face to your child and his condition will help. Yes, we don't want our children to become their condition, but in this situation, where we're dealing with the fact of a racial climate that is not very conducive for Black and Brown people in this day and age, we have to make sure that our Black and Brown babies who have these invisible disabilities are visible the best way we know how, without them being plastered across a, a news screen or a newspaper, because we fail to make them visible in a situation that kind of keeps them invisible. The second thing I would say is to have the talk with your child. Whatever you have to do to make your child understand how important it is to be respectful in the community and to be safe in the community and to and to do whatever plan that you put in place to get them home safe, it's important. So And it starts early because the earlier that you start, the more time you have to teach. This can be a lot, but it's real. And I just wanted to spend a little bit of time just reminding you that this journey is that is just that a journey. It is not an easy journey, but it is a manageable journey. You've gotten this far, and trust me, you can do this. You know how I know? Because you took the time out to listen to this podcast, which means that you're looking for answers, which means that you're ready. And you're ready to do what you need to do to help the child. So, again, as I spoke in previous episodes, always remember to breathe. Breathe again. Roll up your sleeves because you have work to do. Remember, you got this. Be well.